When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. This is Mornings with Ian Smith. Smithy away at the T20 World Cup as part of the commentary team. So Ricardo Ball in for him. Coming up this hour, we do have a panel. Uh, Hamish Bidwell and Mark Watson are going to join us later this morning. We also have a uh, harness race. Racing Pacing for Purpose update. A Love Racing update as well with Louis Herman Watt. All of that before 11 o'clock. Joining us right now, though, to talk cricket is Frankie Mackay, a White Ferns all-rounder and SENZ host as well. G'day, Frankie. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm, I'm good. Happy, happy to be having a chat with you this morning. Yeah, mate. Thanks very much for your time. I mean, I, I don't know what time uh, you were sat in front of the TV watching replays of the Black Caps with the rain delay thing on before you finally gave up and went to bed last night. What, what time was it? Oh, it was pretty late. Like, I, I stayed the course hoping that it would be one of those, might get out there for a little five-over smash-and-grab games, but, yeah, not to be. So then it was off to bed, basically, to do it all again day after day after day for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's a, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? Because I don't know how to feel about it. After Ireland upset England earlier, it kind of felt like a win-win. But I think normally you would want to play Afghanistan because you, you think you should be getting two points from that game. Yeah, I think that's probably how the side will feel as well. I think when when you look at your draw and you see that you've got a, a lower ranked team in your pools, you generally look at that and say, yeah, we're going to bank two points there. And after such a good start to the tournament as well, they'd be thinking they'd go two from two. They'd get a little bit of breathing room at the top of the table, but not to be. So there'll be a little bit of disappointment there and, and just a, a loss of an opportunity really to build on that excellent start against Australia so yeah there'll be a bit of disappointment but they'll they'll move on and they have to do it pretty quick I mean the tournament moves moves so quickly the amount of travel everyone's got to do as well so I mean they they travel they go to Sydney I think and then uh, they're turning up again Saturday uh, against Sri Lanka and, and they're a pretty good team too so yeah, there's, there's not really the time for the Black Caps to dwell on it, but there'll definitely be a, a tinge of disappointment, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was slightly disappointed to see Sri Lanka's effort against the Aussies because I thought they had timed their run well. Those play-in tournaments for some of those teams actually almost in some ways work in their favour because it gives them a, uh, you know opportunity to get a bit more battle-hardened before they hit the opening round of the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the way that... Sri Lanka has set up their, their domestic cricket program as well. I read a stat somewhere. I think since since May they've played 90-odd T20 games in their domestic schedule, which is just absolutely bonkers to think of the amount of cricket that's getting played there. Then the fact they, they've had some international tours as well. They had the Asia Cup, which of course they won, which, which was a bit of a, I think, a bit of a shock in the cricket world. I think everyone expected that that was either going to be in there or Pakistan took that out. But Sri Lanka was, was the top team there, came into that play-in tournament, played some really good cricket throughout as well. So, 
yeah, it kind of felt like they were building and, and could be, you know, a really exciting prospect in that tournament. And then it was it was just a bit of a limp effort, unfortunately, against that Australian side. And I think probably everyone in the cricketing world hoped that, that after Australia had been tuned up by us, um, that they didn't turn up against Sri Lanka and get tuned up again. And, and yeah, so it was, it was disappointing to see just the way they went about it. I think the, the Aussie quicks, the, the Sri Lankans just never settled against them. They never got their game plans going. They, they never got any real momentum. And, and I think they bowled reasonably well in patches. I mean, Aaron Finch came out and admitted he was like, I, I basically just couldn't hit the ball. It was bad. It was a little bit embarrassing. It was pretty awful. But, you know, Marcus Stoinis came out and, and, and pumped it everywhere, as, as we know he can. So, yeah, I was a little bit disappointing. But, heck, they, they are a team to watch out for because when they have their day, they will beat any team in the world. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a great side and they're a potential banana skin uh, for New Zealand. Um, we're looking forward though to after the banana skin of Ireland last night, uh, England versus Australia uh, tomorrow. I mean, is this at the point that winner of this uh, is guaranteed semi final? Loser is pretty much done. Yeah, it's looking it's looking like that. I mean, kind of mentioned earlier that that this pool was was pool of death. It, it gave off vibes that a, a good team was going to miss out, and there could be some upsets along the way. And I think we've seen them already. We've seen some really interesting results, and and I don't think anyone, in all honesty, would have sat down and said at the end of the first week of Super Twelves you'd be looking at Australia England playing each other and thinking, heck, the the winner of that is probably looking pretty good to to a chance of going through to the semi-finals and, and the loser's practically out. So, yeah, it was always thought, you know, if you if you had two losses, you were going to struggle to get through, especially with the amount of weather that's around as well. We will only see more rained-out games, I think, with the forecast going around pretty much all of Australia. So, yeah, the theory was lose two and, and you're going to struggle and, and all of a sudden you've got two of the tournament's favourite teams and they're staring down the barrel of that already. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a massive day uh, for the World Cup and, and just, yeah, massive weekend into cricket. Should the organisers just move the whole thing to WA and be done with it so we get some cricket? I mean, it's a little bit like that. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Christchurch local and we copped a little bit of flack for our, our cold weather and, and uh, everything when we had the Tri-Series down here, but it stayed reasonably dry. We got the cricket in, so I mean, maybe maybe it needed to come over to New Zealand and, and we could host and yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just it's just bad luck, isn't it? Whenever you get a tournament like that, and you just basically the whole country's got rain except for one or two spots, it's it's never ideal. But yeah, it's it's frustrating, that's for sure. And even for I mean, even for the cricket fans, you know, you you wait for a big tournament to come around, and and everyone's eagerly waiting and and watching some of these matchups, and then for rain to come in, it's not what you want. But I mean, it could it could make for some really interesting results, especially if you get into five overs a side constitutes a game so yeah imagine that a World Cup being decided on just one over each for the bowlers and batters get out there and, and make hay while you can for 30 balls well it's better than boundary count back <laughs> yeah yeah you're not wrong that's for sure you're absolutely not wrong <laughs> what are you made of uh, Australia's decision so far not to bat Steve Smith I mean Glenn Maxwell coming in at four um, makes their batting look very thin I think yeah, it's a really interesting one around the way that, that teams have elected to play. I think that both England and Australia have probably led the way in how they want it to look, I guess, as a bit of a concept with some real heavy hitters dotted throughout their order. And some teams have followed suit, some haven't so much. We've probably, we're probably blessed with the fact we've got some extreme talent at, at the top of the order in a Finn Allen and a Devin Conway. So we can go with someone who is just 
out there to slug it round and do it as quickly as possible. And then you've got someone who's still going to score at a really quick rate, but a more of a low-risk approach. So, yeah, it's an interesting one with Australia. I think they they really struggle to sit Steve Smith in just purely for the fact with how Aaron Finch is playing as well. I think if he was at his best with a strike rate of up 150-160, I think they could probably afford to have Steve Smith in there, almost use him as a, as a way to try and hold the innings together and, and let the top order go and play with a bit of freedom. But the fact that Finch isn't really scoring as quickly as, he, as anyone would like means he kind of has to play the anchor role because that's as quickly as he can score. So it means you've got to have more and more of those hitters in there and they've got to slide a little bit higher up the order too. So it's high risk, high reward. If it, if it comes off, they'll make some big totals. But, I mean, we've seen so far that, that perhaps it's it's not the best strategy for tournament play where you've just got to score one more run than the other team. Well, that's the thing. The Aussies are banking on Dave Warner and Aaron Finch to go bang, bang, right? Um, but but neither of them have been able to do that. And as you said, Aaron Finch, I mean, that game in the, even against Sri Lanka, he carried his bat, uh, but still only made 30-odd, and his strike rate was only about 75. I mean, for me, you put Steve Smith in that position. Steve Smith is still, will still score at a strike rate of 100 for you, and he'll, you know, he'll, uh, he'll change ends a lot, lot more, give the bowler more to think about, and, and, and has different, you know, a lot more scoring options than Aaron Finch. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, it's a really tricky spot for any team to be in, and it's it's been quite interesting actually. A lot of the teams there, their captain seems to be the player that's struggling for form a little bit, that's under the pump, and just how that affects selection and affects team dynamics as well around that. Because it's, I mean, it's a hard role at the best of times. T20, you spend most of the game under the pump, scratching your head, trying to look cool, calm and collected on the outside, but feeling, you know, it, it's just completely under the pump most of the game. So to then have your own form coming into question and knowing it's not going that well just adds another layer to it. So I, I honestly think, you know, most teams couldn't afford to leave out a player of Steve Smith's quality and, and calibre. But, you know, I, I think if they are to make a change, especially near that top of the order, I think you might actually see Cameron Green come in. Uh, they've, they've managed to get him in as a as an injury replacement. He played a lot of their lead-up cricket, opening the batting, uh, just basically with a free licence to, to go out and whack it. And I, I think they like him as a bowling option as well. So... Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I can't fathom how you can leave a guy like Steve Smith out of out of any format of cricket. It's a bit like us with Kane Williamson. He's our best player, and, and you put faith in your best player to, to be able to get the job done regardless of the situation. But, yeah, I think if they're making a change, it'll be it'll be Cam Green that comes into that lineup. Yeah, it'd be interesting to keep an eye on. I mean, New Zealand obviously uh, broke the, the hoodoo of beating Australia in Australia in that opening game. Leading into this tournament, England uh, beat Australia in a series as well. Where do you think Australia are currently at? And, you know, going into this game at the weekend, are England favourites? Yeah, massively. Yep, definitely. I think even if you just look at world rankings, England's comfortably in the top three. And I I think Australia languishing down in sixth. So that gives a little bit of an indication as to how the last year or 18 months has gone form-wise for these two teams. Obviously, you know, you turn up on the day. If someone has a blinder and, and hits, you know, 80 or 90 or 40 balls, then then their team's probably going to win. But, yeah, I have to look at it and say, you know, England looked like looked like favourite. I think a lot of the team... A lot of people talking about this tournament thought that England-India was looking like the two heavy hitters were, were going to be the two teams to watch out for in the tournament. That looks like your your obvious finalists just from, from first glance. So, yeah, I think Aussie, uh, they're actually... I think they're in a world of trouble, to be really honest. I think Pat Cummins has been... Uh, 
he's been expensive with the ball. They're not quite sure how to use Mitchell Stark now. He used to you know, run in and take wickets in the first couple of overs. Basically, every time he got the ball, now I think he, he's only uh, managed three three wickets in the first couple of overs in his last ten um, attempts at doing it. So he's lost his effectiveness. Josh Hazelwood looks like he's trying to bowl a miracle ball every every ball. They looked a bit bemused by New Zealand and the tactic and and having Sin Allen at the top of the order, it looked like they were just a little bit shell-shocked. Adam Zampers had COVID. Glenn Maxwell's hardly been scoring any runs. Mitchell Marsh has been injured and still barely bowling. So, yeah, I just think their team balance looks off. I think that they're a team that's just searching for exactly how they want to go about things. And I think they're possibly just a team that isn't used to being in this position. They're a team that are used to being really successful and, and bullying other teams. And, and now they're the other ones that actually have to take a bit of punishment and, and deal with how to do that and, and take it, you know, in their stride and, and adapt on the fly. And, and so far, I... You know, I haven't seen much of it, and I think teams that can't adapt in T20 cricket are the teams that really struggle. And you know, in all honesty, I think if England comes out and, and whacks it around that, that first six overs, has a good power play, then I think we'll see the same stuff from Australia. And I'm not sure that their batters can chase it down either. So yeah, I think they're steering down the barrel of an early exit of a home World Cup, which won't be much fun for them. But yeah, they, they've got to try and pull something out of fire here. It'd be hilarious for us. <laughs> yeah, I think we'd enjoy it. I mean, we've we've been on the other end of some uh, some hidings from them, and as you said, eleven years since uh, since a positive result over an Aussie. And yeah, I think they like to definitely you know beat up on the Kiwis and have a bit of a laugh at our expense. So yeah, it'd be it'd be rather nice to say in the home World Cup that we're through to the top four and and they're on their way home to watch it on the TV. So yeah, we we will definitely enjoy it. That's for sure. Now, Frankie, a quick uh, question for you. Kurt's texted through on double eight double three. Hi, Ricardo. Quick cricket question: Do any games get played at the Marvel Stadium that's got the roof on it? Doesn't seem uh, fair if it can't be uh, if it can be closed. Yeah, that's a great question, actually. And there's uh, a little bit of discussion about that last night. There's nothing scheduled for Marvel Stadium with a roof, which seems uh, yeah, which seems daft. But it didn't come into the uh, uh, top cricket grounds, which. I mean, it's probably fair based on watching a little bit of the, the Big Bash there. The wicket isn't as good as, as some of the other venues, especially not you know, when you're comparing it to the MCG and, and SCG and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's not one of the uh, top cricket grounds. So it wasn't, uh, <clears throat> wasn't scheduled to host any cricket. It hasn't got any cricket. You'd, think, you'd like to think that there'd be some sense and you could reorganise your draw to say, hello, you've got a stadium with a roof. Let's try and get some games played there, but not to be. And, uh, yeah, I think the, the draw for this tournament would, would have been set maybe two, two and a half years ago by the ICC. So maybe there's not that degree of flexibility. But, yeah, it seems silly when everyone's sitting around watching the rainfall and just down the road there's a stadium with a roof on it just, just hanging out no one playing there. So, yeah, an interesting one. It is an interesting one. It's 17 past 10, Frankie Mackay with us, of course, uh, White Fern, and also host of the Canterbury Sports Corner. What do you got lined up this weekend, Frankie? It's a good question. We're, we're going to debate all the things going on, Canterbury Sport. I think we'll have uh, a fair bit of time talking about the All Blacks. There'll be a little bit of time as well uh, with the scheduling clash between the Black Ferns and the All Blacks, which is just not a great look for anyone, really. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to delve into that and, and, 
encourage a few people to watch Black Ferns as well in a, in a big quarterfinal in a home World Cup for them. Uh, a little bit of cricket, of course, I have to find a way to shoehorn that into the show. And, and I think we've got a little bit of football coming up as well. So, yeah, we'll we'll have a good chat about everything going on. And, of course, with a nice red and black slant to it, which I'm sure everyone enjoys. Yeah, indeed. The Canterbury Sports Corner, 7 o'clock Saturday morning. You can catch it. SCSZ Christchurch will use the app and choose the uh, Christchurch option. And you can hear Frankie uh, talking Canterbury Sports, 7 o'clock Saturday mornings right here. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Enjoy the rest of the Cricket World Cup, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91